Hi, we're the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan, and this week I'm joined by Matt in London, Ben in LA, and Gary in Santiago. Welcome, guys. We are most of the way through game week two. It's Sunday evening, and we're kind of recording as the Leicester-Burnley game is in progress. Um, so let's start the pod by talking about our football moments of the game week so far. And Matt, I'm going to come to you first. Um, so it's a fo- football moment rather than fantasy moment. I, but, uh, but also kind of joint is probably the Spurs game today um, with Kane and Son getting extraordinary four goals followed by four assists. And I was an avid Kane follower this week uh, and I was impressed that he managed to uh, out bonus point Son despite Son getting four goals. Uh, so that was, uh, that was intriguing. Yeah, I I couldn't believe that when I saw that. But I guess he scored a goal, he got four assists. So, yeah, that's going to happen, isn't it? Are you not slightly worried? You've got Kane in your team. You're not a bit worried about the fact that he is he seems to be a number 10 for Son in this system? Or do you think Bale's going to change all that anyway? Um, I mean, so I picked him because I was pretty sure that Mourinho would want to build his team around um, like Kane. I think this week, I think Ben maybe mentioned on the pod last week that it, it's... Southampton's high line suited Son quite well. Um, and I think Mourinho just sort of played that particular tactic for that particular game. So at the moment, uh, I'm hanging on to Kane. I was going to potentially send him if he hadn't done much this week. Um, but uh, it, I still think it, after after this haul, that's pretty good. Um, and I think he'll, he'll get more chances. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely a keep at the moment, isn't he? Mm. Gary, what's your football moment of the week? Well, I think I think Matt kind of nicked mine a little bit, but it's kind of I, I I've got Son in my team, and um, I decided um, to go out for a bit of a jog this morning just to kind of blow off the cobwebs after a bit of um, drinking over the national weekend here in in Chile. And I checked the score, and it was one nil to Southampton on about forty five minutes. And I was like, oh, I've got to get rid of Son. Like Tottenham are Tottenham are terrible this season. He's not doing anything. Pop back into the house half an hour later. You, you click on the text update and it's like Son Young Min has scored his fourth goal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just like what is going on? And it, it's the second time it's happened to me in about two months because obviously the, the football's on earlier in the morning here. So I, I woke up um a, a, about six weeks ago to start to find Antonio slotting in his fourth goal. So, um, I, I, yeah, this is crazy, really, that, that twice I've had midfielders get four goals. So I, I do like Sod. He's a really good player. Um, so, yeah, it, was, it seemed to be almost identical as well. It was just, yeah, him just charging through, slotting it past the keeper. He, he actually scored, because they had the injury time in the first half, he scored his first goal in the 47th minute and then his second goal in the 46th minute. I was thinking, has a player ever, ever scored their second goal before they scored their first goal? <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, and it, it, from watching the Tottenham documentary, he seems like a nice boy as well. I know Mourinho will hate saying that, hate me saying that because he doesn't want him to be nice. But yeah, nice guy, four goals. That's lovely. Lovely story. And I'm so glad I got rid of him this week. <laughs> um, Ben, what was your football moment of the week? My my football moment of the week is also Spurs related, and it's it's the big news that Gareth Bale is coming back to the Premier League, um, which I think is exciting from a, a football and potentially an FPL perspective. Um, I think the last time I was following Bale closely, he was he was you know 
tearing it up for Spurs and Real Madrid, but he hasn't played in a long time. So I think when you, what you read online, a lot of Real Madrid fans say he's like completely lost it. He's completely past it. He's, he's nowhere near the same player. And I'm just intrigued to see, see if that's true or whether he's still got, got something left in him. Um, I don't even remember him in the old FPL days. I assume he was, he was an extremely high scoring player. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what, what he comes in at price wise and whether he's still got it. Yeah. I'm really well, interested. What do you think, price-wise? What do you think is fair? Uh, I was I was thinking maybe like nine, nine million is probably what they're pricing well, at. I I suggested eleven million, and you laughed at me, uh, Ben. So so yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, yeah, I, I I feel like I still feel like he's one of those premium players that if he's going to play, he's probably going to be involved a lot. So. So yeah, I, I my guess was eleven. That that is ridiculous. Out of the loop. Son is at nine, so I think Bale will come in at nine. He's 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 pretty old, so I don't know. K- Kane's at ten point five. It'd be pretty crazy if he's valued more than Kane in the Tottenham team. But yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just talking nonsense then. But, but in midfield what, what though, the... as well, so he might get more points in for midfield. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking that because he. I think you could make a case that he's more of a striker these days, but he certainly is for Wales, I think. But I think they will put him on as a midfielder, won't they? Yeah, in the Rashford Abameyang sort of style. Uh, if he vaguely plays wide, then he's a midfielder. Well, it's going to be good fun. Hopefully, he's got the fitness and he can play enough games to make it worthwhile. Um, I've I've just got that quick that a couple of weeks ago. So he his best season was twenty twelve thirteen. He was the second highest scorer on the game with 249 points. That, that was his best season. That's decent. I mean, his game back in the day was all about physicality, wasn't it? He was just a, um, an absolute specimen of speed and power and heading and free kicks and all that stuff. And whether those injuries have taken their toll, we'll have to see. But, yeah. I, don't, I think the last couple of seasons, he's kind of had quite a, a, an elongated rest. So he's what is he? He's like 31. <laughs> a two-season rest, he's in, yeah. He's, yeah, he's not had injury. He has played, like, I don't know, like a season or something at Real Madrid. He's not been completely frozen out, but he's... I think I was hearing like Sid Lowe on the Guardian podcast saying that he'd, he'd actually not had any injuries these last couple of years. He's just not been selected very often. Yeah, so... We'll see. It's going to be good fun. And I say that as an Arsenal fan, not really meaning it. Um, <laughs> my my football moment of the week um, was um, getting an old friend into fantasy football um, and doing the classic thing of, you know, texting them, oh, you need to make sure you do this. You don't want to, you know, overbalance your squad and all that kind of stuff, giving them advice. But then knowing at the back of your head, you're pretty sure they're going to end up beating you this season because that's what happens. And I think halfway through the game week, he's a Spurs fan, John. Um, he went to school with uh, three of us, four of us with Andy as well. And um big Spurs fan. And his game week was going incredibly well. He had Rodriguez, he had Zaha, he had Mitrovic, you know, goals were flying in. I think every one of his players who, who had played were in double figures. And I texted him, I said, it's going really well for you. And he said, I absolutely hate FPL. What have you done to me? I'm watching the Spurs game. I'm watching my favourite team and I'm watching my favourite player score four goals and I'm really annoyed because um, he didn't have Son. And and he didn't have a he didn't have Kane either. What's that about, Ben? Yeah, I, I just find it funny. Uh, we've known John a long time. 
Um, and he's been supporting Spurs when they were truly awful. Truly um, Spursy. <laughs> and, and now um, he has a chance to play FPL. He selects three Spurs players, but none of them were Kane and Son. I don't know what he was thinking. I think he's, he was probably watching Mourinho in All or Nothing and was like, oh, I need to, I need to go double defense with uh, Lloris and Doherty. And then Deli Ali's been frozen out as well. So um, not the, great, the greatest picks from uh, the lifelong Spurs fan. No. But um, yeah, it's a good fun getting more people into fantasy. And he will end up winning our league, I'm sure. So you'll probably see him at the top there. Um, if you want to join that league, if you want to beat John and, and beat all of us, then the code to join the at FPL FF Fanatics League is 6F for football, T for... Transfer. <laughs> 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 uh, transfer, thank you. Five... Uh, K for kick and C for challenge. Um, and also it's in the the pod notes for this as well. So it's easier than trying to remember what I've just said. And we, I think I think since last week, we've tipped over the, the, the 100 barrier, which we were trying to get. So we've now got 104 people in the league. So that's that's fantastic. That's a nice number. Yeah. It, and it's a winnable league in, in comparison to, you know, fantasy football scout where you're never going to have a hope. You, you, you could be up there in the top 10 for our league and get a shout out. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to be reviewing the game week that's just gone and trying to see where the fantasy insight is in those games. Okay, game week two. And the first fixture we're going to look at is Everton versus West Bromwich Albion. Um, gentlemen, who would like to start? with this one um i think i should start because i watched the game i'm not sure everybody did it's, it's quite um I, I quite like the saturday morning kickoffs here in in chile it's like it kind of whets my appetite for the um for the main event the, the wednesday game at, at uh, <laughs> 11 a.m chile time so uh so yeah i i um i guess i've got to have a bit of a critique of everton really i think a lot of people are getting quite excited about everton um, but I did, they weren't very good for the first half an hour, at least in this game. Like West Brom were the better team to start off. Um, and the game really opened up in the second half after um, Kieran Gibbs had been sent off. Um, but I guess my main, I, I, my main couple, of, couple of observations, the first on Everton was like, I, I don't know, maybe this was just a tactic to target West Brom, but they were going very direct. They were playing everything up at, at, at Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So it made me think, like, Calvert-Lewin, he's kind of a good price on the game. Uh, he seems to be an integral to Ancelotti. So I think that he is a player to keep on your radar. 
Um, and also, I mean, obvious, again, a very obvious takeaway was how good James was. Um, he was whipping in some beautiful corners. He scored that great goal. Um, but I did kind of think it was only... So the first half an hour, he didn't really get much of a kick other than taking the corners. Like, I do wonder if Everton play a good team, is he going to get in the game? Like, if, if Everton are going to be, like, launching it up to Calvert-Lewin, kind of will the game pass him by against a better team? So that that was kind of my... a bit of my scepticism there. I heard... Um, I was listening... I was driving somewhere. I was listening to this on the radio and the commentator was saying uh, before the sending off, he was stuck out on the right wing and wasn't really involved in the game. But after the sending off, they moved him centrally into a kind of number 10 role and he seemed to affect the game a little bit more. And that's where he got his goal from as well. Um, so but then I, I think, I think a, a big part of that was just that West Brom were down to 10 men. So there was a lot more space for him as well. Um, but but yes, I'm I'm still remaining Everton sceptic, but I'm definitely a fan of Hammers. I think he um he did look very good. It's just a question now of of Everton's tactics. Um because otherwise it was a lot of it was was either Dominic Calvert Lewin or obviously Rich Arlison on the other flank can kind of come in and be that second target man in the box. So I mean in theory, I guess if if Hammers is the one kind of um kind of putting the crosses in and, and teeing them up, then it could be very effective. Um, what well, one final observation from this game? I know, I know, a lot of people probably won't be um, all over West Brom, but I, I do think that their team is quite fun actually. Um, Slavin Bilic is just kind of quite gung ho; doesn't really organise the defence very well. But um, they're two wide forwards, um, Mateus Pereira and Diangana. Is it Grady Diangara? Diangana, like. They they were doing a lot. I've got Pereira in my team, and he, he obviously he did a beautiful free kick. He doesn't get involved that much, but Diangana was so much fun. Like the first half an hour, he was the best player on the pitch. He was just getting the ball, running at the Everton defence. They didn't know what to do with him. So um, Diangana is now on my radar because five point five million is. Uh, Who would you have out um, the two of them, Gary? I know you've got Pereira at the moment, but would you would you swap if you could? Um. I think I think Diangana is a better player to watch because he's exciting and he's quick and he runs a lot. A bit like Traore at Wolves. He's got similar hair as well, kind of the, the kind of highlights. So, he's, but I probably think that you still want Pereira because he is on all the free kicks. He's a bit of a free kick specialist. You saw that free kick he scored past Pickford. It was like inch perfect, and he's the one who just kind of. He doesn't get on the ball that much, but he just drops into those little pockets of space around the edge of the box and kind of finishes things off. So I, I'm going to stick with Pereira for a bit. I think West Brom have got some reasonable-looking fixtures, and he is, yeah, he's a, he's one to watch. How did Everton look defensively? Because they obviously conceded the two goals, and this was a kind of prime defensive fixture for their, their back line. I mean, pretty poor. I mean, Dean Garner for the first goal, he just picked the ball up and ran, carried it for about 50, 60 yards and the defence just backed off him. Um, they hit the post as well, West Brom, at one point. Um, and, yeah, even with 10 men, they got a second goal. So, uh, although it was, a, it was a brilliant free kick, but perhaps kind of conceding the free kick in the first place was, was the mistake there. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think their defence looked great. I mean, they, they, they have got quite a nice balance in midfield now, but individually, I think they're two centre-backs, like Yerry Mina and Keane. They, they, they still 
a little bit shaky at times. I think Ben called this um, earlier in the weekend. He said uh, Everton's next fixture is going to be the one to watch. It's Everton away to Crystal Palace. Uh, Crystal Palace team in form. Everton, uh, two wins on the bounce. Uh, both two wins on the bounce, actually. Top so of that, the table clash. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be a good watch. Um, nice one. Thank you, Gary. What do you reckon, guys? I mean, yeah. I, I, I didn't watch the game. I, I was just interested, Gary, like, out, out, if you could choose one Everton player for your FPL team, who would you choose? Um, I think I think I'd go with Calvert-Lewin. I, th- I think just because he's so integral to how they play and they're putting stuff in the box. But, I mean, James is an interesting one. Like, I, I was certainly... And the, the quality of his corners, I, I mean, I don't think... I mean, they could have scored more goals from his corners than the two that they got. Um, so it it would be worth. But but I I think I think West Brom just. I, I I'm a bit confused because I remember watching West Brom against Wednesday and we couldn't get a thing out of them in the air. Like um, the um, Ajayi and Bartlett were just winning everything, every every cross, every ball in the air. But they just looked terrible against Everton. Every single cross into the box, Everton won it. They they. they they just couldn't defend set pieces. So they've, they've gone from being a poolist team three or four years ago to a Slavon Village team and seem to have completely change their identity. It also might be that a Premier League team has a different standard to Sheffield Wednesday. I'm just going to throw that out there as well. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That is, that's enough, Ben. That's enough. <laughs> I, I do think... I do think, I know I banged on about this a lot at the start of last season, probably the season before, but Yeri Mina, before he came to Everton, his stats for goals from corners and free kicks was pretty phenomenal. And it just hasn't happened. And I don't you, know why. You cursed him, that's why. <laughs> but now his Colombian teammate, you know, he knows where he wants it. And and Keane's a threat from, uh, you know, he picked up the goal and he's a threat as well. So maybe it can work for them with a, a bit of a better delivery from uh, Hamez. So yeah, good shout, Gary. I like that. The, the only other thing I, I noticed was I, I was before this game week, a big, I need to get Luca Dean into my team. Um, but now that he's kind of sharing some of the set pieces with Hamez, I think um, that obviously is not ideal for, for Luca Dean. I, I still think he'll do really well points wise, but that's just another thing I noticed. I, uh, yes, I, I can give a I can thanks, give a little ben. bit of an update on <laughs> I can give a little bit of an update on that. Yeah, no, no. He um, so basically in the first half, Hammers they're both left footed. Hammers was taking kind of in swinging corners from one side, left footed, and Dean was taking out swinging corners, left footed from the other side. But then in the second half, Hammers the first out swinger Hammers took was the one they scored. Was it the fourth or the fifth goal from? Um, but. It looks like they're both going to be standing over the set pieces. And then they did... Did he hit the bar? I think he hit the bar from a a set piece, Dean. He, he did take the free kick that they had from kind of 25 yards. So um, he's still he's still in the mix, but he's going to be taking less corners, I think, now. Yeah, so I spent four points to get Dinya in this week uh, and gambled of tr- subbing Trent out. So, uh, oh, wow. Expecting a clean sheet. Uh, That's a big gamble, Matt. It is a big gamble. Um, so, uh, as you early. pointed out on the podcast last week, I, I went salaryless in game week one, which really hurt me. <laughs> so I thought I'd double down my Liverpool hate and uh, sub out wow. all Liverpool players. Because uh, I, I, I thought there was just better value elsewhere. Um, and I thought maybe Liverpool 
won't be as strong as they were last year. But um, those predictions are not proving to be correct, and I might have to reassess my options uh, <laughs> have, in have the weeks you, ahead. Have, have you held the money in the bank just in case you need to eat humble um, pie? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> I spent the money on a, a Manu talent in Fernandez uh, who did not exactly excel um, yesterday. So uh, I'm stuck with Dinho for a little while. Uh, they do have good fixtures, though, and I think he was a little unlucky not to get any points in the game yesterday. So uh, I'm sticking with it for a little while. I, I, I take your point of like sharing free kick duty, but um, as Gary says, if Everton's tactics is to keep swinging in crosses for Calvert-Lewin, then he's going to be swinging in quite a few of them. Yeah, I agree. I think um, in my team, I'm kind of covering both. I've got uh, Dinia and Hamez, so I'm hoping that all those... Um, threats from set pieces are going to work out for me. But should we move on? Should we talk about um, the topic that I think Matt and Ben are keen to talk about, which is Manchester United? Um, <laughs> ben, I'm going to come to you first. Man U won, Crystal Palace three. What do you think? So I would not overreact if I had some Man U assets, um, but obviously not ideal. So I think watching the match, I mean, Manu were pretty awful, um, but it, it did seem like they lacked a lot of match fitness with basically no preseason. Um, whereas Palace obviously had a lot of time to prepare, played well game week one. Um, so I, I would expect some of these players to bounce back, um, especially against Brighton, who who play a style that I think more suits uh, Manu. Um, having said that, I think if you don't have any Manu plays right now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go near them until they, until they show some of that form and fitness. Because after Brighton, which I think it actually is a tough game because Brighton are playing well, um, you know, I have Tottenham, then they have Newcastle, uh, but then they have Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton. So it actually is a, a pretty tough run of fixtures, I think, coming up. Why was um, everyone so keen on them? going into this game week yeah, why were they scrambling to get them if... I can't I don't know um, I, I, I had planned Inks and Martial and I did that I deeply regretted it obviously um, but I think going like double triple Man U this early <laughs> in the season is uh, madness <laughs> is, is my takeaway so don't panic but if you have already panicked then panic more uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so mad, madness being picking two Man U players to bench in the first week uh, and not play them at all, and then spending four points to get another Man U player in, <laughs> <laughs> thereby completely, yeah, kind of sacrificing the whole structure of your team. Uh, so, so who did who did you have on the bench in game week one, Matt? Uh, so I had Greenwood and Wan Bissaka on the bench in game week one, and and. Uh, they didn't Which start. A, a little galling to then see them both two. on the bench. Uh, Wan Bissaka wow. in particular, uh, which I just I just cannot fathom why our most regular injury-free <laughs> defender uh, was replaced by Fosu Mensa for game week one. Um, but it's because Fosu Mensa has been on loan at Palace. He knows what they're going to bring, <laughs> and he can stop them. <laughs> uh, I mean, as I said earlier, when I. Have obviously predicted Liverpool pretty badly in uh, not backing them and saying uh, I reckon they might be slightly overpriced and overrated this season. Uh, I got that one wrong 
Uh, I think heavily backing Man U after their good late season surge uh, has not followed through to this season so far. So uh, also another bad one for me uh, that I might have to live with for the next few game weeks. At least he didn't tip them for the title, Matt. That was my, <laughs> that was my mistake. Um, but don't don't panic just yet. I, I did I did say last week I thought it might affect them being a little bit undercooked, like the, the teams that got a game week one in. Um, their players were probably going to be a bit sharper. I think this is the first time the Premier League's ever had this kind of staggered start. It'd be interesting to see how Man City get on at Wolves tomorrow, but I, I think they may have the same issue. Mm. Um, it certainly looks like... Did Burnley not play last week as well? Because they're getting beat by Leicester at the moment. So so all the teams who've not started... Uh, have um, not started in game week one yeah. and started a bit sluggishly. I also think in particular for Man U and Man City because they had a finish their season later and that's why they then missed out on all the pre-season fixtures that all the other clubs had. So I think they said that Palace had had four pre-season friendlies and they played two games and a Carabao Cup, whereas Man U had had one pre-season friendly and then they just went straight in to play Palace. Speaking of Palace, um, what do people think about Zaha? Do we think he's going to stay up front or do we think Batshuayi is going to move him out to the wing or is Eze going to come in on the left wing and move Zaha up front? What do you think is going to happen there? Because I think Zaha, Zaha is a bit of a hot hot prospect at the moment. I mean, I was I was talking about him last week as a bit of a troll, but I was very tempted actually because I, I have Mason Mount, who I'm not very sure about now. And I did... If he hadn't been playing Manu away, I might have put him in, but um, it turns out I should have put him in anyway. Uh, but no, I think as long as he doesn't leave and go to Europe or something, um, he's, placing the, he's placing the team's rock solid because Batshuayi or Ayu is the kind of the, the guy on the last shoulder and they need the Zaha kind of second striker, the one who can carry the ball to, to kind of be there playing off them. And I think they see Eze more of a... A kind of a deeper lying player, but a bit more of a midfielder. So, um, I I think his his place in the team is guaranteed. It's just whether he can carry on because he has these little bursts of form and then he tends to go quiet. But um, as I say, if he does two of the last three seasons, he scored like nine goals and ten goals. If he can do that again for seven million pounds, then yeah, he's a shoe in, really, isn't he? My thoughts on Palace generally, uh, based on some Crystal Palace supporting mates uh, of mine, is they're not a massive fan of Hodgson, uh, who is, at the end of the day, a very defensive manager. So they started the season really well, but I, I would say just that's just two games. I think they'd still be one of the lowest scoring in the league by coming into the season. And therefore, having their attacking assets is always going to be a bit of a risk. Yeah, the voice of reason potentially there. He just he does get in these little runs, doesn't he? And I think their fixtures uh, coming up. Everton, who've we've been saying don't look particularly solid in the last game, and they might try and uh, take the game to Palace. There might be spaces there similar to Diangana running at them. You know, Zaha could do a similar thing, and Chelsea seem to be um, conceding goals as well. So yeah, potential. Then you've got Brighton and Fulham, so that's. Uh, possibly even nicer with attacking fixtures. But I agree with you, Matt. I think m- maybe not for the long term. So, yeah, but, I don't yeah. know. Certainly, I can see why they're very tempting right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, Mitchell's been storming it up on my bench uh, the last couple of game weeks. So, uh, he- he's a nice cheap option that seems to be scoring at the moment. We just need him to rise 
by 0.2 so that we can make 0.1 on him when Van Aanhart comes in back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I hope there's another 4.0 we can move to. <laughs> Nathan Ferguson. Well, Nathan I'll tell you Ferguson. What, if, if Sace is unexpectedly dropped tomorrow, then because Juan Bissaka didn't play a minute, I would get Mitchell's points, uh, sort of, uh, yeah, hitting my Man U there's trio a, with an assist there, to Mitchell. There's a, there's a new 4.0 today, Jimmy, Jimmy Dunn. From Burnley, Jimmy, Jimmy Dunn? Started. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Dunn. Who does he play for? Burnley. Ah, Jimmy, Jimmy Dunn. Lovely. But for how long with Tarkovsky and... Yeah, I, I think Tarkovsky's back soon. And is it me is out as well, injured at the moment? Yeah, so, yeah, probably not for long. On the Nathan Ferguson 4.0 chat, um, there is talk that Nathaniel Klein is training with Crystal Palace at the moment, and there's rumours that that's because they're concerned about Ferguson's injury that he's had since um, last season, which I think he had at West Brom. So there's some concern that he might not recover as quickly as they wanted him to. So. I doubt Nathaniel Klein would come in if he, if he was needed into the game at 4.0. I'm guessing he'd probably be 4.5. Um, but that's one to keep an eye on if, if you're thinking about switching from one 4.0 Palace defender to another one. They they have done brilliantly, Palace, to say Cahill, Tompkins, Van Armholt, Ferguson, all these guys injured, but they've they've only let one goal in so far. I think I think it just this a season like this with a really short preseason really suits a team like Palace and Hodgson, you know, where he's completely drills them. They know their system, they have to stay in their shape, and it's always the same old, same old <laughs> tactics wise. Uh counterattack with Zaha and IU and that kind of stuff. Um but that's not working for Chris uh, for Sheffield United at the moment. So um maybe it's just Hodgson. Um, next fixture is Arsenal 2 West Ham 1 and I watched this one as I'm an Arsenal fan um, so I'll, I'll come in and first on this um, firstly apologies if you followed my uh, not advice but my kind of highlight about Martinez potentially starting I know Gary you went with Leno in the end and um, 5.0 yeah, for an Arsenal yeah. keeper it's just an elaborate trick, Duncan. We, we all... <laughs> Good. I did say keep an eye on the friendlies. I didn't say bring him in now. That was a couple of weeks before the season started. But uh, he's, a, he's not a bad um, double up at Aston Villa, Martinez, and then maybe Steer or Nylon, hoping that they come in as, um, if he's injured. Um, but personally, I'd be going with Ryan and and one of the 4.0s at Brighton, because I think that's that probably works better. They can, I think they can concede less. Um, defensively, um, I think Arsenal had a bit of a return to mid-season Arsenal of last season and didn't look particularly um, solid at the back against West Ham, who aren't brilliant up front. Um, I think there's a lot of change in the Arsenal back line at the moment. Um Gabriel's starting every game at the moment. He's a new signing. Uh, Louise is in and out with injury. Tierney's dropping in and out and Kalasinac is dropping in. And they're changing the system quite a lot from a back three to a back four during games. Um, and also the the two in front of the defence have been swapping around a bit as well. So it's not really a settled lineup in um, midfield defensively and in defence. So... 
I, I personally would be staying away from Arsenal defenders. I think Rob Holding at 4.5, some people are tempting, but I don't think he's going to stay there for the long term. Um, so, um, and even if he did, I think fixture-wise from now on, Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, Man United in the next five, it doesn't look good. So I would be getting rid. And I think the same probably for Aubameyang owners. Um, I know some people are saying he might be a season keeper, but... I think from watching the West Ham game and generally Arsenal at the end of last season, although they did well against the big teams at the end of last season in the Cups um, and Liverpool in the league, although that was a, a different Liverpool team to, to the one we're seeing now, I think Arteta's kind of basis is to try and get the Arsenal team to be more solid than it has been for the last however many years. And I don't think he is all about the attack just yet. I think he's trying to build something and he's trying to build strong foundations. And I think that sacrifices a little bit of um, running away with goals against teams. Uh, so I think Aubameyang is a great captaincy option to have in your team against um, the minnows in the league, especially at home. But I think for the tougher fixtures, even though he has done well, with braces against some of the big boys at the end of the last season, I don't think he's he's worth a keep. And I'd say that for all the Arsenal attacking assets, I think I, th I think Arteta is is trying to have a bit of balance in the team. And he's not all about you know scoring. He's not. It's not a Man United or a Man City or a Chelsea where they're going to go out and try and batter teams. I don't think they're going to do that. So I think you'll see more games like this. You know, snatching late wins and um, battling draws and stuff like that. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I, I watched the game too. Uh, before I go into it, Jimmy Dunn has just scored for <laughs> Burnley, by the way. Jimmy, Jimmy Dunn. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Dunn. Um, yeah, I watched the game and um, I agree with the Arsenal wow. points. Um, the only other thing is, I thought West Ham were actually, they played pretty well. Um, and I was really envious of Arsenal because it's one of those games where you don't play that well against a team that's playing pretty well and you still manage to get the three points. Um, I think that bodes really well for Arsenal season that they're, they're able to win games where, for the most part, it was pretty even. Um, so, yeah, the, the only thing I, I, I wanted to add was that I thought West Ham weren't terrible. I feel like it might be one of those seasons where they they end up they play pretty well most games, but end up losing, and then putting pressure on Moyes. I can see I can see the Wolves game going very similar that they have next, where they'll they'll play pretty well for large portions, but still manage to find a way to lose. I think I think I completely agree. I think West Ham are going to you know people are going to be saying oh classic West Ham you know crap starts the season they'll only pick it up around Christmas, but <laughs> the fixtures are just insane I don't think from the start of the season I don't think I've seen a tougher run of fixtures um, it's just a sea of red and I think yeah I think the pundits will be after them for being you know crap but I agree I think they played well they looked better than Arsenal for I'd say you know majority of the first and second half but I think one player that um, or a couple of players that I'd pick out for sure is Suchek um, he just he just looks so dangerous I don't know everyone seems obsessed with Suchek yeah. <laughs> an another two points another cracking two points but it was another game where he's so involved attack wise he's not a defensive midfielder he's 
he's in there on attacking every kind of cross and that's not from set pieces and corners although he does that as well it's an open play he's up there um so i think i think it's going to it's going to happen for him and if not you know you can drop him to your bench he's only 5 million but i thought he was really dangerous and i think antonio his price has dropped now and hopefully it will keep dropping during this fixture run that's really nasty but then when it turns it will turn and it will just turn green and I think he's a really nice option. Maybe, hopefully, he drops down to six point two, something like that, and we can bring him in. And can I can I just disagree with you on Arsenal, Duncan? Yeah, yeah, I think, go. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I've, I've doubled up on Arsenal defence, so I've completely ignored your um, advice. But I'm, I may have to reassess that. I, I think perhaps three Arsenal and two defenders is a bit over the top. But um, I, I just think that this team that. Um, that Arteta is building is a lot better hand to lot better prepared to handle these big games, and I think we saw this with some of the goals that Aubameyang got um, in the, the towards the end of last season. I, I think they actually prefer teams that press them high up the pitch and come onto them. So these games against Liverpool, I guess Liverpool, City, and Man United are where, all away. That's a that's a pretty uh, intimidating run, but in some ways, I think they might prefer these teams that. That, that leaves themselves open to these kind of quick counter-attacks if you can beat the press. I think the way that West Ham had success against them was that West Ham just dropped back into their own half. That, that, that kind of made it quite difficult for Arsenal. But then they still crafted that really good goal at the end for Enketia to win the game. But I, I feel like Arsenal, like um, Tottenham, as we were saying earlier with Son, they, they like these teams that come on and press them and they like to play through that. Yeah, I agree. I think about the playing against the big teams and the more space for Bamiyang over the top and that kind of thing. But I think still, in terms of defensive assets, I still think they'll concede in those games. And I don't think their defenders offer enough attacking-wise to bring them in. And then on the flip side, although they may you know get goals against those teams, you know, snatch them, and the counter-attack, I don't think they're going to be going out and scoring lots of goals. So people are talking about dropping down from Aubameyang and bringing in Willian and, and that kind of thing. I, I just don't think it's worth it. I don't think they're going to score enough goals to make it worth it, basically. Yeah, so so my plan is I'm, I'm going to stick with Leno in net because I feel like he'll get a few clean sheets and he, he's probably his save points might be quite decent in some of these games. But I'm, I'm a bit nervous about Bellerin now and he doesn't really get involved in the attacks too much. So... I might try and get rid of Bellerin, but I I'd still I still think Arsenal are right up there as one of the best teams in the league. They've, they've really closed the gap on City and Liverpool, so I am still bigging up Arsenal. Yeah, I, I agree about Bellerin. I think he didn't look good against West Ham, and I wonder if they'll be looking at Maitland-Niles for a little run or just give him a game and see how he does. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. Um, next up, we've got Chelsea Liverpool. Um, ben, do you want to jump in on this one? Yeah, watch this game. It, it was, a, I think, a really interesting game. Uh, the first half was, I think, pretty even, pretty close. Um, but I think, sadly for Matt, <laughs> Liverpool are really on it. I think um, as soon as, as soon as Christensen got sent off, um, they looked really comfortable in the second half. Got the two goals they needed. Um, and Trent, I think, looked a lot sharper than he did in game week one, which was encouraging. So he got a he got a bonus point, I think, to 
rub it in Matt's face a little bit. Um, and with Thiago, who <laughs> annoyingly is a rival fan, they signed for, what was it, 25 million pounds? I mean, he looked class coming on. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm keeping my Liverpool assets. I have Trent and Salah. I think Salah and Mane will do what they did last season. One week, one will haul. The other, the other will haul. So it's probably best to just keep one of them. Um, on the Chelsea side, though, I thought I thought Werner did look interest, uh, really um, sharp. He won a penalty that amazingly Jorginho missed. He, he doesn't miss many. Um, so I think Werner against West Brom, I'm, I think, is really tasty. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, and I thought Chelsea were good in the first half when they had 11 men. So, like, Reese James looks like he's the first choice right back. Um, so he's another one I'm really interested in. Um, Obviously, I think Kepa will will get replaced. <laughs> he made a terrible mistake for the second goal, but I think there was promise for both teams. Really, I think for Chelsea, you can look at the West Brom fixture and be like, "Oh, I think our players can really do something here." I think they'll be angry. Um, they looked a lot more fluid than against Brighton, and then on the Liverpool side, I think you, it's still a team that's going to challenge for the title. It's kind of how I took it. I've got a few questions. Um... Did Havertz play for Chelsea? And how did he look if he did? I mean, can, can I just come in on that? I'll just pose that question. I, he did play, but I, I'm kind of like, what? what's he good at? What does he do? Because I, I didn't see much from him at all. He was kind of quite ineffective. So Subbed, at, to know what... Subbed at half-time, I'm saying. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know what he, what he kind of brings to the team. Yeah, Havertz, um, I agree. He, he Probably not a great fantasy option just yet. Um, and and they had to take him off because they, they had to bring in a centre-back and, uh, you know, Frank Lampard loves Mason Mount. He's never going to take Mason Mount off, even if <laughs> even if he's having a shocker. Um, I think Havertz is still very much a wait-and-see for me. He like He's, like, playing some nice passes, um, but it doesn't look, like, threatening from a FPL perspective yet. He's supposed to bring goals and assists, isn't he? You know, playing as a false nine or a number 10 or anywhere across the attacking, you know, half of the pitch. But it's not been a good start. So he's a definite drop for me at the moment. What about Trent? How how did he look? Because, um, you know, he didn't have much preseason and Matt's dropped him already. So hopefully he did really well. <laughs> yeah, I thought Trent looked really good. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. He uh, was on free kicks, corners, um, his general play was just a lot better than the first game, where I thought he was he was pretty bad. After the first game, I was also in the, ooh, should I drop Trent for Dean? Because it frees up so much money. Uh, but then after watching that game, I was like, ooh, nah, it's just too risky. Especially when like his ownership is so high, you're just you're just waiting for that day he gets like a brace and assist, and then you're just like, fuck yeah. my life. <laughs> I, I still, I still remember that Leicester game last year when I think it was Duncan who didn't have him and he just um, tore Leicester yeah. apart. <laughs> I, I dropped him to bring in. Oh, who was it? It's like a, a defender who was three point nine million just to free up funds for a, a big hitter somewhere else. Oh my god, <laughs> twenty four points! Uh, but I won it. I won the season, so screw you all. <laughs> I I knew I was taking a risk uh, with Trent, and to be honest, I did in the back of my mind. It was 
like a two or three week punt uh, because I just thought they've got a couple of difficult fixtures. Um, he looked a bit shaky in the first game week. Let's let's see how he does next couple of weeks uh, because because he's got so high such high pick. I don't think many people want to transfer him in because almost everyone's got him already. Um, so I was hoping he might stay stay close to the same price. Um, so yeah, I, I am taking that slight gamble at the moment, but uh, it's a short term one. And uh, all my predictions so far, or well, major ones for, for my team, Man U assets and Liverpool have uh, not paid off so far. So uh, uh, maybe I just need to follow the crowd again rather than uh, try and strike out on my own on my own predictions. I love it when you go Maverick, Matt. It, it always works so well <laughs> for, you, for everyone yeah. else. <laughs> uh, so Ben, do you think Werner's a captaincy option having watched him? I'm absolutely captaining him against West Brom. Wow. Okay, there you go. Um, also because probably, there aren't a ton of other great options, but... Um, yeah, there really aren't, aren't there? It's Man U against Brighton away. Man U not looking great. Um, Spurs against Newcastle. I mean, that's not bad now. It wasn't looking so good after game with one, but not so bad now. And then City at Leicester and Wolves, West Ham. Um, so yeah, he's up there, isn't he? Um Okay, then kind of should we round out the rest of the fixtures and and each kind of chime in on those. Leeds United four, Fulham three. I think Gary, you must feel slightly vindicated about your Leeds shout outs and Bamford in particular. Yeah, well I think Bamford he's their main, like unless he gets replaced by Rodrigo, he's their main striker and they are gonna create chances. So I was I was very pleased. Five point five million, I thought it was a bit of a steal. So um so yeah, that's why I put him in my team. And this time I didn't leave him on my bench. So thank you very much, Patrick. Fourteen points. Um yeah, although I do feel a little bit with Leeds again, don't get carried away with the hype. I feel like Every shot they've had so far seems to have gone in. They've scored seven goals, but they've probably only, in a normal week, they've probably only scored two or three. So I do think that it might be slightly misleading. This they're not. It's a bit obvious they're not going to be forced every week. Um, I mean, watching but, a large chunk of this game, they look pretty hapless at the back as well. Um, with this. This cock fella, the, the the new German centre half, is quite young, isn't he? I'm not sure because they they lost their best defender last season, or one of their best defenders was was Ben White, who's now he was on loan from Brighton. So so they've lost a big part of their defence there. What's his first name? That the new defender. Uh, I don't know. Is this going to be some double entendre that I don't? Know? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Robin Cock. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, I one pick that I'd like to shout out from this game, who I brought in beforehand, um, is Klitsch. Uh, Klitsch, yeah. Mm. Um, because I think that f- that price bracket is uh, quite competitive 5.5 I think quite a few people are looking at that as, as it fits into their team and there's a lot of competition there's um, Dean Garner we've already talked about got a goal this week there's uh, Alan St. Maximum there was Stuart Armstrong talked about a lot before the start of the season and there's even Daniel Podence who's probably come to the fore now Jot has moved on at Wolves and I think Klitsch was my choice um going into this game week of those 5.5s because he's on penalties. So that's that's a bit of a bonus. And 
Okay, fair enough, Gary. You're saying Leeds aren't this kind of crazy attacking Keegan-esque team that likes to concede a lot, but that's how they've started. Um, and he seems to be quite involved in the attack. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice the way the, the way they set up with um, kind of the Tyler Roberts as the holding as uh, the holding. No, it's not Tyler Roberts. I'm getting Phillips. Phillips, yeah, um, Calvin Phillips. Calvin Phillips is the holding player, and then the four kind of all bomb on, because I, I talked about Jack Harrison, but there's also Costa, who scored twice. Um, and I think the, the best out of all four players is actually Pablo Hernandez, who you might remember from Swansea, but he, he's he's got a bit of an injury at the moment. But he's actually the one with the most quality of the four. Um, I wouldn't recommend him for fantasy football, just at 6 million and 34 years old. But, but all, all four of them, will pop up in the box and they flood the box. So, so yeah, I'd say they're all good options. Yeah. I just think, you know, with what we've seen in the Manu game, I think this is a good talking point is the handball rule now with penalties seems to be matching what it was in the champions league um, last season, where if you, you know, hit a shot <laughs> from 30 yards and it touches someone's hand, deflects off them, then you get a penalty. Or if you're in the box, you're two yards away from someone and you smash it into someone's hand, you get a penalty. So until they fix that, it seems to be the time to bring in the penalty takers, basically, at the moment. Do you think, yeah. that's, do you think that's fair? I think it's a very good tactic. Um, I mean, it's a ridiculous rule and there's been a lot of penalties early, early this season. So um, I think picking penalty pet takers is a pretty legitimate tactic. Okay, Ben. Any anything more on on Fulham or, or Leeds? Uh, no, I just interested, Gary. Do you think Leeds are a trap team or not? I I think um, no, no. I think they're good value. I mean, that's why I went for Bamford. Yeah. I, I think I wouldn't triple up on them, and I, I think in the moment, well, they. Last year, they were quite solid defensively, more or less, but they need to replace Ben White, and they've, they've changed their goalkeeper as well. So um, it, they're obviously a little bit... Because there's, there's Dallas, who um, is a defender on the game, but plays sometimes in midfield. But he's not had what we had with Lundstrom last year, where, where that kind of player is good if he's keeping clean sheets, and then occasionally he'll just pop up with a goal or an assist. But um, yeah, I'd I'd lay I'd lay off the defence for now. Um, but they, I think Bielsa will be working on it. I don't think he'll like the how open they've been at the back. Um, there's been a there's been a lot of goals this game week, and and there seems to be even more flying in currently at, uh, with Leicester versus Burnley. Um, but the next the next fixture is, is one with goals. Can I just do a quick shout out to my boy Mitro? Uh, who's looking oh, like yes, quite sorry. a good pick as well. Um, sorry. And I, I particularly enjoyed his second goal where he absolutely hammered, dominated this header and smashed it to the back of the net. Very satisfying um, goal to, to see his score. score. And a bit like uh, the Calvert-Lewin, if they're just going to hammer in crosses to a big bloke who's quite good in the air, um, he's going he's gonna to get goals this season, I think, Mitro. Yeah, and he's got some nice home fixtures coming up. Aston Villa, Crystal Palace, West Bromwich Albion. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, he's, he's a decent an, pick. Yeah, he's an obvious tactic. He's, he's not going to do much. He's just a big, big bloke, good in the air. Just if you put the crosses in, then uh, he, he will score the goals because uh, he's got a little bit of quality about him. So, um, yeah, I think he's quite good value at six million. 
Yeah, he's definitely one for an enabler across the rest of the team as well. What about Southampton to Tottenham 5? We've kind of touched on Son Heung-Ming and, and Harry Kane already. I think, yeah, my observation was that uh, Kane seemed to be the creator. All of Son's goals were almost identical. I thought there was something wrong with the game I was watching. It was just the same thing happening over and over again. And uh, yeah, Southampton's insanely high line just didn't drop, which is kind of crazy. Um, uh, do you think? Do you think that that's an issue for for Tottenham fans? You know, Kane is he going to drop into that defensive midfield spot again that he was playing a lot of last season? So I'm a Kane owner, and um, I was just saying earlier on this pod that um, I think uh, Mourinho really rates Kane. Uh, I mean, he's saying in the post-match press conference that he thought Kane was man of the match rather than Son. Um, I think he will build his team around him. Uh, the, the, the thing is, though, is that Son scored the goals. Uh, he's a midfielder, so he gets more points every time goal goes in. Uh, so I think I think both are potentially pretty good picks. Uh, I, I think Kane will get goals this season, but if he's matched by Son, then Son's the better one to go for. I think it's also worth noting in the game that uh, Doherty got an assist that was for Kane, which was ruled off uh, VAR offside. So I think, you know, if it, it was a marginal call against Son for that offside. And if it hadn't been, then Doherty would have come in with his first attacking return. Um, and, you know, he'd be off to a flyer potentially um, at 6.0. Another potential competitor with Luca Dean. I'm just looking at the Spurs squad and they, they have 14 players who aren't called Son or Kane who've played and they've got 35 points between them. And on his own, Son has 24 and Kane has 20. So, so Kane and Son are comfortably beating the entire rest of the Spurs squad at the moment. And Son's had a price drop as well, isn't he? He's down to 8.9. And he's had a price drop from last season as well. He's, he's He was down from 9.5. So... He feels like a bit of a bargain. Is it time to do a little shout out to Andy, um, who, who took a hit to sell Son this week? <laughs> An eight-point hit. Should be <laughs> Our thoughts are with Andy at this difficult Wait, time. Wait, Duncan, didn't you get rid of him too? Uh, let's move on. Okay, so next, <laughs> next up is Newcastle Brighton. Do we, Matt, you're our correspondent for this game. Um, yeah, so Brighton uh, look really good. Um, based on this game. I mean, I know Newcastle can blow hot and cold, but um, Tarek Lamptey uh, was bombing. I mean, he got subbed off in the 57th minute, unfortunately. I think he got just a little bit of a knock. Uh, but Damn he was, it. He was still given man of the match at the end of the game because he is a very attacking-looking um, uh, fullback, and he is rapid, uh, and he gets really involved in play. So I think he's potentially a really good pick, uh, especially, I think they've got a fairly difficult run of fixtures, but... As they ease up, I think he could be a really good one for the season. Um, and then Trossard, Connolly and Malpe, uh, I think all of them look like they might score some goals this season. They're quite fluid up front, a um, bit, of, bit of skills um, and just yeah, some neat finishes from some of the players. I think they, um, I think Connolly's in this sort of bargain basement. Uh, he's probably the weakest of the three, uh, but he will get some minutes and, and some goals now Lallana's injured. Uh, and then Malpe, I think he probably will score. Um, I think he'll justify his price tag this season. Um, and, and Trossard as well. It's Trossard still a midfielder, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, another really tempting pick. Um, 
if they because he's he's done it in two game weeks in a row now, and uh, I think there's there's a fair few good assets at Brighton. Newcastle, on the other hand, I mean, I've got Sam Maximan who went off injured quite early, uh, which is disappointing. And um, yeah, I mean, it really was showing how they can just be a completely different team from the weekend before when uh, they looked really good against West Ham. They just looked uh, a bit clueless uh, today. Um, so yeah, uh, difficult to know what to make of their assets. Yeah, Lamptey with two assists in two games and playing as a wing-back with a... Uh back three for Brighton he seems like the best kind of 4.5 pick for me um, I know that um, Carl Walker-Peters picked up an assist this week as well but Southampton defensively look all over the place um, yeah if they sort it out then those two rotate really nicely fixture wise so um, that's a potential um, yeah yeah I agree I brought him in this week so got on Lamptey yeah <laughs> Do it. Um, okay, that's pretty much all the fixtures that we've we've seen so far. Um, so we'll take a break, and when we come back, um, we're going to be talking about our game weeks. We've mentioned it a little bit, but um, we're going to talk about what we've done with our teams and, and how it's gone. Okay, Gary, how is your game week? Or how is your game week going? Um, pretty good, pretty good. I've got uh, 78 points so far this week with just uh, Jimenez left to play tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm at the heady heights of third in the uh, Fancy Football Fanatics um, League. Uh, I think it's nosebleed time. I don't think I've ever been this high before. So, um yeah, I, I had Son, basically. <laughs> That's why I had a good week. Um, plus Bamford, Pereira. Uh, Abamyang is captain, so he gets me 10. Um, so, yeah, pretty building on a, building on Salah's good work last week with Son, basically. Yeah, nice one. Um, what are you thinking about? What, what are the things you need to fix in your team? Well, last week I was only going to put Salah in for one week. I know my plan was to transfer him out, then he scored a hat trick. This week my plan was to get rid of Son. Now he scored four goals. Um, I don't think I can do that anymore. Um, my my plan was to get rid of Aubameyang and Son and bring in uh, either Sterling or De Bruyne and uh, Marcus Rashford. Um, but. Now I'm having second thoughts. Um, Son is at home to Newcastle next week, so I don't think I can bring him out. But I, I do want to get a Man City player in, so I think it might have to be a Bamiyang for for Sterling or De Bruyne. Um, and I said, as I mentioned, maybe Bellerin, who I've got at the back. That yeah, but I don't know. It'd be great if I could get a City defender in there somehow, but I never know who's going to play apart from the ones who are like six million. Um, so probably not. I might just do one transfer. What about captaincy? Um, so that's a good, that's a good question. Who did I have it on? Um, yeah, I think, I think my pick of either Sterling or De Bruyne will probably come in as captain because like Liverpool Arsenal is quite a tricky one to pick a captain from. What about Son at, do a, Son at home to Newcastle after scoring four goals? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've still got half a mind to take Son out just because I feel like, I sometimes feel we read a bit too much into form. 
Um, he was playing against a team with a very high line. Well, the one thing we know about Newcastle is they're going to put 10 men behind the ball. So, um, yeah. Do you, think it's, sure. do you think it's the Bale effect? You know, Barry, Bale was, uh, you know, a legendary left winger for Tottenham and Son has taken that role for quite a while and he's thinking, oh God, <laughs> I need to play for my place here. <laughs> I just think, I mean, if he gets put through on goal four times, he's going to score a lot of them. I just don't, yeah, I, I, I've still got half a mind to bring in Rashford. I've got, I've got a feeling Rashford will outscore some next week. So maybe I should just do it. Um, maybe I'm getting too hung up on form, but it, it does sound a bit crazy to, to just <laughs> to, to sell someone because he's just got four goals. Um, and to put yeah, in Marcus that's, Rashford. That's my dilemma. I mean, Rashford's still a good player, isn't he? he had, uh, yeah, I think he scored more goals than Son last season. Yeah. Yeah. As you can see, I'm in a bit of a quandary. I don't I don't really know what to do, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. Um, next up, uh, I think it's me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> no, Ben. Sorry, Ben, you've got a few more points than me. How did your game week go? It was looking really bleak yesterday, um, but today was a good day. So uh, I have currently 60 points, which I think is going to be a green arrow. So um, in defense... Really? You think yeah. that's going to be... There have been so many goals flying in this game week. Yeah, live oh. FP, FPL is saying it's a green arrow, but obviously war, I, the problem is I don't have any Wolves or City players um, who, who go tomorrow. Um, so maybe it won't be a green arrow after tomorrow. Um, but Justin's goal was was very needed. Uh, Trent, seven points as well. I captain Aubameyang. Um, I held on to Son. Um, and that was about it. The transfer I made, which I had planned to, um, but I regret was Ings to Martial, which obviously was not, not good. I, I was thinking about Ings to Calvert-Lewin. Um, which I probably should have done. So uh, the exciting news for me is I'm on a wild card now. Um, I think I talk preseason. I, I tend to wild card in game week three or four, and I'm I'm sticking by that. I'm pretty happy to do it because the worst prediction I made preseason was double Southampton defense which honestly is just a shocking decision. Uh, I need to fix that. Um, Alan Samaximan has, has got an injury. Um, I have Rob Holding there, who I think was a short-term uh, punt, um, but I probably want to switch out before Arsenal play Liverpool and Man City. Um, and then I, I think I just want to load my team with some Man City players, depending on how they get on tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I'm on a wild card. Do you want to hear my draft? Yeah, yeah. Shoot. Um, so I, I've decided the best 4.5 is probably Matt Ryan, similar to you, Duncan. Although I, I am interested to see Martinez play um, eventually. Um, I just think Brighton are, are what we thought Southampton were going to be this season. I think Brighton are, are the better team. So I have Ryan and then I have Steers my 4.0. Um, I want to play 3-4-3. Three, three. So I've, I'm going to settle on a back line, pretty template, I think of Trent, uh, Roman Sice to get their good fixtures. And then I'm actually going to go Reese James. I think he's now, I think it's clear Frank wants him as first choice right back. And they, they play West Brom, Palace, Southampton next. Um, and then I'll just keep Justin until he gets kicked out 
by Pereira um, and then Mitchell. Uh, the four in midfield I have will depend on tomorrow's game, but I'm going to keep Basala and back him. Um, I think I'll probably do De Bruyne instead of Obama Yang or potentially Raheem Sterling, depending on the game tomorrow. I think what's good about De Bruyne is he's now on pens because Aguero's injured for another month or two. Uh, my third spot, I think I'm going to, is kind of the spot I want to rotate on. So right now it's Son. Um, but I, I like this spot because it could become a Rashford or it could become a Pulisic or a ZH. I think it, it, this is the spot I'll, I'll use for like, not quite as expensive as the 12.0s, but flexible enough to get like the best performing kind of next tier premium. And I can't ditch Son now that he scored four goals. I think it's just, sorry, Gary, I just think it's a little bit too insane. Um, it's not as it... No, he had a chance to get five. You've got to be ruthless. <laughs> um, and then my fourth, I now I currently have impotence um, because Jota's shipped off. I think 5.5 for a good Wolves team. Uh, I'll see how he gets on tomorrow. But there are a lot of options at 5.5. Uh, the struggle I was having and what I spent a lot of time on was my 4.5 midfielder because um, the template favorite, I forget his name, is it Basuma? Mm. He got sent off. He got sent off. So yeah. He's going to be gone for three games. So I was like, oh shit, who, who should I choose at the 4.5? I decided to take a bit of a punt and go with Anguissa from Fulham. He got an assist. Um, play 90 minutes. I don't know if he's nailed. Gary, I don't know as a championship expert if you know he's nailed. But if he is, maybe he's like a decent punt. I think he didn't play last season. He was on loan. He went out on oh, loan, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe he's he's back to prove himself. Um, up front, I've gone with Template. Werner, Calvert-Lewin, Bamford. And that's my current wildcard team. Did you get uh, DCL in before his price rise? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a fanatic, Duncan. I'm not an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> this is not called the fantasy football amateurs. Although uh, we'll we'll come to that when we go to my, my teams next. <laughs> um, what do you think, guys? Gary, what do you think of his wildcard? Oh, it's pretty intimidating. I I always feel in our mini league, if you finish above Ben, you're going to win the title. So. Um, He's gunning for us already. He's uh, he's not messing about. He's taken him a couple of weeks to get into the swing of things, but none of this, none of this Suchek Davis <laughs> sent Maximan nonsense. He's, he's, he's rolled up his sleeves. No more Walker Peters. Mm. Yeah, scary yeah. stuff. Definitely good enough for second place this season. Yeah, I'd say so. A good silver for you there, Ben. Um, from one wild card to another. Um, I played my wild card. I, I couldn't hold it. <laughs> I think Gary, <laughs> Gary shared this out in a couple of pods ago. He said, you're the king of the uh, early transfer lack of patience. And that's totally true. I think uh, I, I built a team as you should never do. I built, I was just messing around. I was like, oh, I wonder what a wild card team would look like now. And I was like, oh, that's really good. Um, but the price rises looked like they were going to go up, as they always do at the start of the season. There was rumours that FPL had halted the prices for um, the big hitting players like De Bruyne and Martial and um, Salah and all that kind of stuff because of whatever conspiracy theories. But 
they didn't go up and they they in fact um i think on fpl statistics.co.uk there were all of the big hitters were looking like they were going to rise and rise and rise but then suddenly their their numbers just completely fell and they, they haven't gone up at all so i look a bit silly now um but i basically i brought in i'll go through my team uh, Ryan in goal with Walton as a backup 4.0. I think Walton's the number two once he recovers from his injury. So that's a long-term pick. So I'm bringing him in injured, which seems a bit crazy, but um, I'm hoping Ryan will, will stick between the sticks uh, for a long time. And then Trent uh, Dinia I brought in for Robertson um, just for a bit of budget saving. And I thought Everton's defensive fixtures look good over the next kind of three or four or five. And I've got Kep Saiz, uh, I've kept Suchek. Uh, I brought in Fernandez and Martial to double up on Man United, kind of hoping against hope that they would uh, hit the ground running and they didn't, which was a bit of an oversight. It's one of those things where you should, um, before you play a wild card, you should just write down what you think is going to happen in that game week coming up or what your thoughts are. Because I think, I thought, I think it's going to be a tough game for Man United I think Palace look quite organised I think they're going to struggle but I <laughs> just got swept away and I started thinking about uh, this game week against Brighton and how the captaincy was kind of a tricky one so Fernandes and Martial and then Klitsch um, Aubameyang Rodriguez Jimenez and uh, Lamptey Mitchell and and the king of the podcast Indiana Vasilev uh, me and Gary have um, so I think I'm about hmm, 10 or 15 points down on the team that I did have, which is a bit of a shame because I had Son in there and I had Ings as well. But I feel better about my team because I had double Southampton attack, which you guys were nice to point out on last week's pod. And I was just totally overbalanced. I didn't didn't have, uh, yeah, I didn't have a balanced squad. So I've got more up front now. I've got a good defense. I'm happy about my midfield. I've left quite a lot of money in the bank. I've left, I think, 2 million in the bank. Because my tactic, I've decided, is that I'm gonna gonna swap my premium midfielders quite a bit. So um, I want to have enough money for two 12 million midfielders, and obviously with price rises, rises, I need an extra 0.5 um, in case they go up. So I want to do that for a little bit and see how it goes. Um, and before prices go up too much, and it's not really possible anymore, basically. Um, but yeah, I'm quite happy with my new team. Annoyed when I saw Sun had scored four goals. I couldn't quite believe my eyes. But um, that, yeah. that double Southampton strike force as well. Eh? Ings, Ings banging the goals Ings in. Ings banging goals in. Points. I know that is that is gutting, but I think Ings and Che Adams was a bit too much. And I, did, I wanted the ability to get to Werner <laughs> if I needed to, or Jesus now, Aguero's injured. Mm. So I think Martial is that and... Jimenez and Ings, I can swap between if I need to or drop down to Cabot knowing. So I feel I feel like I've got that thing where I've got nice price points where I can get players in quickly if I want them. Did you did you work out of your old team outscored your wildcard team? I think my old team is on like sixty-five, maybe at the moment. Mm. And my current team is not on that. I think it's on like fifty-four. So yeah, yeah. That's it's always not, always the way with FPL. It's, it's always the way, but I feel I'm, better about the future. Building for the future. I just had a I just had a look up and down the the fancy league. So out of the 104 players, eight wild carded this week, 
um, including the guy, Tim Lee, who was top after the first week. Got 103 points last week and immediately went for the wild card. So that's uh, interesting. Uh, but perhaps he built his team for game week one with the wild card in mind. We'll, um, we'll maybe find out how, how Tim got on after we have a look at Matt's team. Matt, how was your game week? Um, so, it, so, so, I'd say so far. So four point hit. And I, as I said earlier, put Dinya and Fernandez in. And so that hasn't paid off in the slightest, um, especially if Trent getting a, a clean sheet. Who came out? Um, so who did come out? Uh, it, was, Trent. it was Trent and he forgets. Havertz. Yeah, Havertz, of course, yes. The invisible Havertz. Is, I can see why I forgot him because uh, he's just done nothing so far this season. Um a bit like you were saying, Nick, like I think my team's got quite good price points. Uh, just they're the wrong players at their price. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that'll take uh, quite a long time to fix. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as Ben says, he's doing his wild card. I really think I should do my wild card, but um, I, I'm one who likes to see a few more games before I do a wild card, um, just to know what people's form actually is, because I, I don't trust my own eyes. Uh, and just we'll just see a bit of sustained, yeah, sustained points scoring. Um, and the spine of my team currently is Manu, uh, which <laughs> is reason I am yeah, fourth up on this pod of four people um, at the moment. So uh, they do have a fixture which they is very winnable next next week uh, in Brighton. I think I'm going to keep faith with my um, Fernandez, Greenwood, and, and Juan Pasaka trio. Uh, just to give them one more game week. Um, and uh, I, I'm not necessarily thinking of too many transfers. I mean, I, I was thinking very heavily last week about Kane out because Tottenham was so awful in game week one. But then he's been so brilliant in game week two. It shows sometimes just a bit of patience can pay off. Um, and so I'll be certainly giving him another game and maybe the captaincy for next week, actually. And you've got um, to think Bale coming in is going to help him. You know, it's going to help the Tottenham attack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the start start of the season, I was trying to s- switch between him and Son, um, uh, who I wanted, and I decided to go for Kane because I thought he's uh, well. I thought he'd be more of a Mourinho favourite than Son. Uh, he has the penalties. He's the captain, fantastic. So he's always going to be involved somewhere along the line. Um, so I thought that that's a good starting point. I know he's also quite a good piggy bank at ten point five. So I can in two transfers switch switch him out for a. Much cheaper mid, uh, striker, uh, Calvert-Lewin or cheaper, uh, go down to Bamford and, and basically afford any midfielder I like from that. So uh, I quite like having that ability. Um, and so I, I might even save a transfer this week. Uh, as extraordinary it might seem, given I'm doing so badly uh, early doors. But uh, I'm not quite sure who to go for this, this next week because there's not too many tempting fixtures. Um, and he's a nice about- captain to this week. He's, he's a player that people won't have and a fixture that is quite nice that's right that's right and I've got Mitrovic against Villa which I also think is not a bad fixture for one of your cheaper strikers uh, Verno I've got uh, who Ben was saying he's thinking of captaining so uh, I think I'm I mean in theory I'm set up okay for this this coming game week um, the headaches I have are probably around Aubameyang and San Maximin at two different ends of the spectrum and midfield price points so uh Tempted to maybe move one of them. I'm not so tempted to take a four-point hit again, um, especially if I end up maybe wild-carding in uh, 
next week or the week after uh, once I've just had a, a, a bit more of a closer look at some of the players. It's brave. It's courageous. I like it. Stick yeah. with your team. I mean, if Tottenham could be that bad in game week one and then smash five uh, game week two, then hopefully Man U do something similar uh, and all you Man U avoiders uh, will look silly. We'll see. Um, how about the Listener League? Gary, how did we get on this week? Um, well, no, it's been it's been interesting. I, th- I think we've seen some different players. So, so we mentioned uh, Tim Lee was the leader last week with uh, 103 points, and he's still up there in second. Um, but the star this week um, has been Darren Axton, who was in 38th with uh, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy FC, and he shot all the way up to first. Um, got 108 points. Um, Kane as captain, which earned uh, Son, Bamford. And then a very solid-looking defence with Robertson, Alexander Arnold, Ryan, even Walker Peters got an assist, I think. So, and he's still got uh, Matinho for Wolves still to play. Um, so he's currently opened up an eleven-point lead at the top on one hundred and seventy-two, um, and he was the second highest scorer so far this week. Um, but the the first highest scorer uh, is my wife. Um, so my, my wife, who's never played fantasy football before, uh, entered a team, is showing us all how it's done, basically. Um, so um, Tangangnam style, uh, she's got 122 points so far this week um, with two players still to play. In fact, I think that's going to be 124 points because she's got one on the bench to come in um, with Stevens and Cody still to play. So basically... None of these players had played yesterday. Um, so she was she was 101st after the first week. Now she's seventh in the league. <laughs> uh, wow. And gone having um, Kane as captain with Son. And, I mean, that was just incredible seeing that game. But then we were watching the Liverpool game and she's gone for Alisson in goal, who not many people have, and clean sheet and a penalty save. And... Um, she also the Brighton game got Mount Maupai and Webster, so so twenty two points from Brighton. They're um, all massive differentials was, as well. <laughs> like all yeah, them. yeah. I looked I looked at her game on the uh, thing and it was like template ratio. Like we think I'm a bit maverick at like fifty percent, but this was five percent template <laughs> ratio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then as we've been recording this, Harvey Barnes has racked up thirteen points. So, um, so her two differentials for tomorrow are um, Ender Stevens and Connor Cody. If if Connor Cody scores his first ever goal for Wolves, um, then we'll know that this is a team tinged with genius. Um, so yeah, one hundred and twenty-two points. Um, uh, son has got with uh, Tanganganam style. Wow, it is incredible, and I love that your wife is even more maverick than you are. Yeah, well, I mean, she's she's only nine points behind me now, so um, she's she's right there at the top. We'll see, we'll see it. Well, we'll we'll see how long it lasts. I have to keep reminding her when to do uh, transfers, but um, but basically, I just yeah, just hand her the computer and say like, you just use your sixth sense and pick pick the players. I think we need to know some of the rationale. Like, I, I feel like there's something to learn. Like, Harvey Barnes, who scored goal assist today. Yeah, well, Alaska, Alaska, Alaska. I know um, she did actually enter for the last six or seven weeks last year. Um, 
and picked Rice as captain from West Ham because she likes Rice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this year didn't want she didn't want Rice this year. I think. Oh, mistake, I don't know. So. I think this year she's probably secretly deep in the stats. Like she's probably invented her own version of XG, mm. and she's not telling you, Gary. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Watch out! She's beat. She's, she's beating nearly everyone in our league. So, um, so yeah. Even Ward Prowse, the one player who didn't come off as vice captain, was kind of a bold move. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. Awesome. And what about the rest of the top five this week? Uh, so yeah, as I said, so so Suns in seventh. We've mentioned um, so it's Darren Axton in first, Tim Lee in second, eleven points further back. I'm in third on one five nine. Uh, then we've got Adam O'Connor and the Bookfast Kings, three points behind me, and Haroon Taylor with Kante Work Pulisici. Uh, Pulisiki, Pulisiki, that's it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm terrible with the pun sometimes. Yeah, good, good, good name there, Haroon. 155 points. Um, yeah, I, I must admit that because and, Andy's team as well, he, he's called it Hope You Like. Gabamin two, and I read that the first time, and I was like, "Hope you like Gabamin two. Is that a movie reference? I was so confused. We have we um, have we mentioned that our theme for team names this season is is music. Um, I think we forgot to mention that, but yeah, that's the that was the plan at least with our our six teams. So um, so that's that's why I went for size size baby, and um, yeah. I've gone for Johnny Be Good. What about you, Matt? Uptown Dunk for me. Nice. What about you, Ben? I've gone for Rappers Delete. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> we like to pick a, a theme for our team names every year. And uh, yeah, this, this year's music. We have done Star Wars before, which is good fun as well. Um, I think that's pretty much it, unless anyone else wants to jump in Um if you don't follow us on Twitter, we're at FPLFFFanatics. Um, and if you like the show, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we'd really appreciate that. And it just leaves me to say thank you for your insight, Gary. My pleasure. And I will be picking uh, Sun's Brains to get um, insight on the stars for next week. And I should say, um, in the breaks this week, you might be a bit confused about what that weird commentary is. That is... Uh, a bit of a highlight from what it's like watching uh, football in Chile. That's uh, that's one from Gary. Yeah, so so the, the oh, discovered that one of the commentators they have, I, I think it's like a Latin America wide. So I think he's actually Argentinian, but he he kind of his thing is inventing a song every time someone scores. So um, yeah, he, he's he's come up with a few bangers and a few not so good ones as well. But um, I, I'll try and record a few of those during the season if. Uh, you want to hear your your favourite player um, sung to a, a popular tune? So we've got we've got I think we've got one in there from game week one, and we've got um, one in there from game week two. So that that is good fun. And thank you for your insight, Matt. Cheers. Um, it's always well. It, it's nice that I can support Manu both for podding uh, and for, for my own my own fandom. Um, it, it might not work well for me though on both fronts. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your insight ben. Uh, welcome I'm excited I'm excited to see Gareth Bell back in FPL yeah I'm excited to see the price um, nice one speak to you soon guys cheerio cheerio
Mm-hmm.